All right, so my name is Michael Delu. Today is December 4th, 2020, and I'm going to be your host today for Pull Up the Tape. Before I get into the politics of today's episode, I would like to ask that if you're listening to this podcast via any of the platforms that I, I, I'm streamed on, thanks to Anchor, such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, share this podcast with anybody you know that loves sports, all right? I consistently talk about basketball, football, soccer, boxing, UFC. I, I, I do it all, except for baseball. I don't, I'm not really a big fan of baseball, but... Share this podcast for anybody you know that loves sports. You feel me? Support, support, support. Share, share, share. I'm gonna do my part and consistently upload every single day. You gotta, you guys gotta help me out. Do your part and help me get to the next level. And if you're watching this podcast via my YouTube channel, do me a favor and hit the like button and subscribe if you already have it, man. I can't, I can't stress and emphasize how much that means and how important that is. Do me a favor, like, comment, subscribe. Let's get this video to five likes. That's not even a lot of people. Five people. If you're listening to this video, this podcast, just hit the like button. It only takes like two seconds. Like, come on. Support, support, support. It, it means a lot. Support, support, support. All right. Well, with that being said, I'm going to get into the politics of today's episode. So today is gonna the, today's episode is going to be dominated by basketball. Not dominated, but we're going to talk about basketball for a good amount. And then I'm going to touch uh, a couple topics on the NFL. So the first topic I want to talk about when it comes to basketball is <clears throat> the Milwaukee Bucks. And they're in a difficult situation right now because they're they are on the cups, the cusp of seeing probably the best player in 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 their team's history besides Kareem Abdul-Jabbar just leave. So this time next year it's not it's not a given that Giannis is going to be on the active Milwaukee Bucks roster. He could be. He could. He could be there. He could also be somewhere else. I personally think he'll be somewhere else. But hey, it's just something we'll have to wait and see. But although his current head coach Mike Budenholzer and um, and Chris Middleton might not have have the answers, they've let they've let their intentions be known, like straight up. And this is what Chris Middleton had to say this week. I have a lot of respect for Giannis. In my situation last year, he told me how how he felt, and that's all I can do in return. I think we're more than friends at this point. We've spent eight years together. We've been through a lot together. So at the end of the day, I want him to do what's best for him and his family. He knows that I deeply want him to return and sign this extension, but at the same time, I know he's got a big decision that he's got to work through himself and with his family at home because those are the most important people. Whatever he does, he knows that I'll support him to the fullest. So I've talked to him. I gave him my two cents and my opinion or tried to convince him. And at the end of the day, I'm going to always love him and appreciate whatever he has to do. So, like I said, Giannis is on the on the verge of becoming a free agent at the end of this upcoming season. And he has until December 21st to sign, his, to sign a five-year, $228 million Supermax extension. And here's my thing. I just honestly, I honestly think that the Milwaukee Bucks doomed themselves when they chose to go the cheaper route and not pay Malcolm Brogdon. They didn't pay Brogdon. They gave like, but and 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 look look how that turned out. Look exactly how that turned out. Brogdon went to Indiana and became a very very good player. 
not became. He was already a very, very good player. But you you can you can tell that he was and he he is an important part of their team and what and what and what they do and he's going to be an important for, important part of the team in the upcoming years to come. But the thing the thing that wor- the worries and troubles me the most is they could have they really could have kept him. And and when it comes to when it comes this this is where this is where your front office comes into play. The front office is supposed to recognize and lead the lead the franchise in the best direction possible. That means Okay, when it comes to two players, okay, we we got to look at who's younger, who's older, or who who who's more fit. Like you got to look at all these different things when it comes to like who we're gonna pay and who we're not gonna pay. And to keep it one hundred, they paid the wrong person. I think if Malcolm Brogdon was on the team instead of Eric Bledsoe, they would have they would they they would. I don't think that series would have went down the way it did. Eric Bledsoe, I've said it. Over and over and over and over again, Eric Bledsoe disappears in the playoffs. He becomes he literally every play. Every, look, watch every every series that he's every season that he has played with the Bucks and they made it to the playoffs. Look at his regular season stats and look at his playoff stats. Everything dramatically decreases. His points decrease. His field goal percentage decreases. His assists decrease. His rebounds decrease. What does that tell you? Like, bro, they 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 put out an APB for him in the 2019 Eastern Conference Finals because he literally went ghost. He went ghost also in the playoffs against the Heat last year. They 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 paid this dude over Malcolm Brogdon. Malcolm Brogdon averaged 16 last year, last year, five rebounds and seven assists. And shot thirty two percent from the thirty three percent from the field, and not to mention he's an excellent on ball defender, excellent wing defender. They cop they they they, they copped out. They copped out. They should have paid him, and the the Bucks digressed and went out went out horrible last 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 season, and. They're trying to convince Giannis that they're a, a, a competent organization and they and they can build a winning team bar, around him, and so they went out this they went out this offseason and acquired no not acquired yeah they did acquire Drew Holiday who's an excellent guard an excellent guard went on and got Drew Holiday, but I personally don't think that's going to be enough. Don't think it's going to be enough. They got Drew Drew Holiday. They have Chris Middleton. And they have Giannis. First of all, first of all, I'm gonna keep it 100. Giannis, as it is, is not good enough to be the best player on a championship team. I'm gonna say it right then and there. I, I I I there's probably gonna be a lot of people who don't agree with me, but I'm telling you right now, until Giannis can consistently hit a jump shot. Yeah, Giannis is lit, like Giannis during during when he when he has to play against a competent defense and he's not a like I'm not I don't want to compare Giannis to Blake Griffin but a lot of the a lot of a lot of what I saw in Blake Griffin's playoff career is happening to Giannis. At a certain point, he gets to a certain part of the playoffs where he can't he can't consistently do what he's his bread and butter which is getting to the basket. Like they 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 take all of that away from him. And then what happens? What happens when, when what happens when when 
Giannis becomes damn near ineffective. He's still going to get his 20 because, you know, obviously there's going to be possessions where he can easily get to the rack. But for, for the most part, when it, his bread and butter, when he needs to actually get to the rack, teams are stopping that in the playoffs because they can own in on it. Who's like Chris Middleton is he's a good player, but he's not that guy. And like I already said, it's 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 easy to hone in on a player as good as Giannis when his teammates are disappearing. And he has nobody to help him orchestrate the offense, get into the offense. Eric Bledsoe disappears. Chris Middleton, not really that guy. Like they they yes, in the regular season they're going to run through teams and look at, look like an elite team, but man, Honestly, at this point, nobody cares what they do in the regular season. They just want to see what they do in the playoffs. And honestly, man, if Giannis is really, 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 really serious about winning a championship, he's going to leave. If Giannis is actually serious about winning a championship, he's going to leave. Straight up. If Giannis is serious about winning a championship, he's going to leave. Like I said, honestly, the fact that AD, like, look, just like, honestly, the way... Even if they would have got uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich, I still don't think they had enough. The fact that the Lakers were able to sign LeBron to a contract extension and re-sign AD, the Lakers are fielding out a team that's better than their team last year. That, look, they signed a, they re-signed AD to a five-year contract. That's it's four and one, four and a player option. So AD's locked in with the Lakers until the 2024-2025 season. Like it's guaranteed he's going to be on the Lakers until then. No, no. Yes, yes. The 20, 2024, 2025 season. LeBron's going to be on the Lakers until guaranteed the 2023 season. 20, 20, 2023 season. That's the end of that. It's his, it's his last year. Get, well, and, and then he has a player option the next year. They have Montrezl Harrell. They signed Dennis Schroeder. They signed... They signed the winner and the runner-up for the sixth man of the year. They signed Wesley Johnson. Resigned Markeith Morris. Still have Alex Caruso. Resigned KCP. Signed Marcus All. This is a good team. They the Bucs cannot could not beat that team in a seven-game series, man. I'm gonna say it again. The Bucs cannot beat the, Hey, the Lakers are repeating. I'm gonna say that too. But look, to get to get back to my point, if Giannis truly wants to win a championship, he has to leave. He can't get it done. He can't get it done at Milwaukee. They're trying to overcompensate now by by oh, oh making these last minute they missed they missed their chance. Letting Brogdon go was the beginning of the end. Letting Brogdon go almost ensured they weren't going to never win a championship or come close. And they haven't been they I don't even oh, man, disappointing. Very disappointing. That just goes to show you how, how how small a championship window is for a team. You had a player like Giannis, and you you let a a a, a vital part of your team, like 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 Malcolm Brockton, just walk out the door. Oh my God! Sheesh. To my next topic. So, it just seems like the Los Angeles Clippers are all. It seems like all they really are good at doing is talking, because. Markeith Morris had some words to say today, and it was no, not today, earlier in the week. So he was just talking about how he felt. He felt like the when it when it when when it when it, when you really boil it down, 
The Denver, he said the Denver Nuggets weren't a better team than them. And maybe on maybe on paper they're not a better team, but you know, on the court they actually are. So I'm gonna disagree with him. And it's crazy that he thinks that because um you lost three games in a row to them after being up three one. So if 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 they're if if you couldn't put this team out, what like I don't I don't it just I don't know I it's I, I'm struggling I'm struggling to understand and realize his point, but this seems to be a consistent thing when it comes to people on that roster because he talks a lot, Patrick Beverly talks a lot. Paul George talks a lot, and most of the time when these individuals are talking, it really doesn't make sense. And that's a perfect segue into my ne- my this 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 point I'm about to prove and the the blasphemy that I'm about to react to that occurred this week. So, <clears throat> every it's no secret that Paul George is probably one of the most scrutinized players in the NBA, and rightfully so. Okay. He does a lot of talking, but when it's time to really shut up and show up, <clears throat> he kind of he he's sort of just like Eric Bledsoe. But he's a lot better than Eric Bledsoe, so a lot a lot more is expected of him. And it's kind of a comes as a surprise when he plays like a, a doo doo daddy. So Paul George struggles with take with with accountability, and that's what kind of led to not kind of well, that's what led to his down his um. His falling out with Montrezl Harrell and and him at the end of the last season, because Montrezl Harrell felt like Paul George was never held accountable for his mistakes, his shortcomings, and anytime he played bad. So Paul George was on, which is true, just true. Paul George played like a bum in 2017 against the Utah Jazz when Donovan Mitchell was a rookie. Played like a bum the next year. No, he played like a bum in the 2018 playoffs. Played like a bum in the 2019 playoffs. Played like a bum in the 2020 playoffs against the Nuggets. Played like a bum in 2019 against the the Blazers. And played like a bum in 2018 against the Jazz. Three years in a row. Bum, bum, bum. 26, 20, the, the year before that, he played like a bum too. His last year in his last year in um Indy. Yeah, didn't really perform the hottest. But and you know. There's there's a lot of uh, of uh, media bit media bits of uh, Paul George just yeah popping his mouth saying stupid shit. So today, no, not today. This week, it happened again. He was on all all the smoke podcast with Matt Barnes and Stephen Jackson. Great podcast, by the way. And he was once again deflecting deflecting the blame again, not not holding anything accountable. Started off by saying, you know this. This was the first summer that he wasn't able to work or to, he wasn't able to uh, do pickup games and, and be at training camp and build camaraderie with the team because of his shoulder shoulder surgery. Eh, maybe, I guess, I guess, maybe he has a point there. But I remember also seeing uh, seeing him on uh, Instagram Live with Dennis Schroeder during the uh, pandemic, during the lock, lockout, lockdown. And he was just bragging about, oh yeah, um, I'm getting healthy. I'm getting healthy. Yeah, if we, we're 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 itching for the league to come back. We're itching for the league to come back. I'm getting healthy. I'm getting healthy. 
okay, so then what? Bum ass nigga was bragging about he's getting healthy, he's getting healthy to do what? Come come back and hit the side of the fucking backboard in 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 a game seven after being up by like fifteen against the Nuggets? Are you serious? Are you kidding me? So then he he also goes on to say. The way I was being used by Doc, Doc, the way I was being used, Doc was trying to play me like Ray Allen or JJ Redick. All pin downs, I can't do. I can do it, but that ain't my game. I need flow. I need mixes of pick and roll and post ups. So honestly, that when I heard that shit, I was just like, uh, "No, this doesn't sound. This doesn't sound about right." Le- leave, leave it to the internet to quickly to quickly prove that that to that that to be false. So. Paul George finished finished this this past season with a 30 33% of his plays that he scored on using pick and roll which was a career high. His career high before this season was 25% OKC. This is this is uh I hate to break it to you buddy but uh, this is very different from the role Ray Allen and JJ Redick ran. So uh once again deflecting blame and i think i think he's a coward and a chump and, and he looks like a fucking clown for trying to do this like this doesn't even make any sense what does doc rivers have to do with you hitting the side of the backboard what does doc rivers have to do with you breaking shot after shot after shot these are all good shots that he usually makes but he's just he's not him he doesn't have it so for him to then go on on this podcast and like essentially throw that dude under a bus just it's it's very puzzling to me, and it just like makes me wonder like, why, how, like, I don't know. It's 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 very it's very puzzling to me, and then it just makes me think like, damn man, what's really up with this dude? Like, he can net like I've never honestly heard Paul George accept any blame for anything that has that has ever transpired that he has done on the basketball court. Like I, even when. Even when Damian Lillard sent them home packing in 20, 2019, the first thing this dumbass decides to do is say that was a bad shot. I don't care what anyone says. That was a bad shot. Paul George, where the fuck have you been? Open your eyes. He's been hitting. He's he's been sh- he was hitting shots like that the entire series. How the fuck was that about? How the fuck was that one the bad shot? And how did you not know he was going to shoot that? Man, there's 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 a. Uh, Man, poor, poor George is is comedy, and that, that this was his first time. This is his like first major, first time speaking since you know the whole. Since I feel like this is the first time I've heard his name. Like you know, I not even heard his name, seen him talking since the three to one debacle and him hitting the side. Paul George for three, way off, way off. I will never forget that, which leads to my next point, and. Apparently it was more to it. The, the Clippers actually had a lot of like locker room issues and um, stemming from the way Paul George and Kawhi Leonard were treated, specifically Paul George, because you know his teammates felt like I mean, okay, Kawhi is the reigning Finals MVP, but what have you actually done in the playoffs in the past? I don't know years, nothing. But apparently, Kawhi Leonard. First of all, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George were, were horrible leaders. Those two those two niggas as the best players on the team are, are, are specifically why 
the the Clippers didn't win a championship, and it it, it doesn't come as a surprise that now that all this stuff is coming out. But Kawhi Leonard and Paul George were had the power over the team practices and the traveling traveling travel schedule, and leading teammates to believe that on most occasions they were the reason that practice got canceled. Kawhi was allowed to live 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 in San Diego. Pick what games he wanted to play, what time when he wanted to practice. And so was Paul George. And I'm just sitting here like, no, 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 no. See, that's special treatment. They were allowed to bring their own bodyguards, own trainers. And honestly, do whatever they want. They could practice whenever they wanted. They could play whatever. They could pick what games they wanted to play. And honestly, that honestly just doesn't make any sense to me at all. And like it, right there, I didn't know this, but from the start, yeah, they're just they were just cheating the grind and just cheating, cheat. Yeah, they they didn't deserve to win shit. They didn't deserve to win shit because that's there's there's no way you there's no way there's no way you're gonna win a championship if your two best players are doing that. Like that honestly. Logically makes zero fucking sense. You choose when, like, what? You choose when you're going to practice and what games you're going to play? And then you live two hours away from the city you play in? How does that make sense? And then you get special, like, oh, no. I knew they got special treatment, but I didn't know it was this bad. And on, honestly, I think that's that's bogus and that's nonsense. And I would, if I was the owner of the team or the general manager, I would never, I would never have allowed that. Never have not not for both of them, especially not for Paul George. And it, it it's quite obvious why they weren't able to win because win anything because I mean look look at the look at the people setting the tone for the team, fucking phonies, cheating the grind, cheating the process. As opposed as opposed to Anthony Davis and LeBron James, who in their first practice Anthony Davis calls out Bron, and on some shit that Bron did wrong. And Bron responded to that in a positive way. You got you got the two leaders of, of the team going at it in practice, butting heads, trying to improve the team, improve the chemistry. Because iron sharpens iron. While, while you got the, the two leaders of the opposite team, oh, picking, taking, game, taking practices off, taking games off, running from the grind. Chumps. Exactly what Damian Lillard said. Chumps who run from the grind. Exactly what Damian Lillard said. Chumps who run from the grind. Dame, you were right about that one. You were right about that one. So, I mean, it, it all it all makes sense now. Like, looking back, like, when all these things are coming out and looking back at all these things and just, like, wondering and being able to piece together all this stuff. Because, you know, you're not going to get the real facts and the real politic until after the fact. So, it, all this stuff makes sense now. So, I mean... Not surprised at all that they didn't win a chip now. I mean, I never thought they were going to win a chip to begin with because, one, I was like, Pandem- Paul George is pandemic P in the playoffs, and that he's never going to change. Well, I, let me not say that, but not going to change anytime soon. Is I, That's what I think. But anyways, to my next topic, Josh Gordon, all right? He just recently got reinstated by the NFL. I think it was yesterday, to be honest, or the day before. And my initial reaction is just, damn, how many chances is this individual going to get to become a millionaire, to be a millionaire? Like, and it's crazy to think that, like, I'm seeing, I'm seeing DK Metcalf ball the way he's balling. 
And I'm like, damn, this is what Josh Gordon was supposed to be. Like, they're both like Josh is six three, two twenty five. I think DK is like six three or six four, like two two thirty or two thirty five. I think they I think they run the same forty or if 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 not, DK is probably like a little bit faster. But like honestly, like DK Metcalf's like NFL comparison was like Calvin Johnson and like Jeff and like and um and Josh Gordon. So just to see just to see uh just to see how DK's career is going and you know that he's not in trouble, he's he's a good kid, like you feel me? And he's he just all he does is football, football, football and grind just makes me think like, damn man, Josh Gordon really wasted his career. Like a waste. Like, man, he could have been so much could have been a Hall of Fame like he had the talent to be a Hall of Fame football player. This is his sixth time coming off suspension. And it wasn't until today that I learned that he's been taking he's just smoking weed and taking drugs since the seventh grade. He said he struggled with his confidence and anxiety, so he started smoking weed. When he was in seventh grade, he started drinking lean. And I think he was popping pills. So much so that he got expelled in the seventh grade from middle school and then got expelled again from another middle school. Then he ends up getting kicked out of high school for the exact same thing, as well as stealing credit cards and got charged with fraud, uh, which was a felony. But, you know, he gets off on probation. But because of that, he wasn't allowed to leave the state of Texas, which is why he decided to go to Baylor in Waco. And eventually he gets cut from there for failing too many drug tests. Then he tries to go to Utah and then gets released, gets cut from the team before even playing a snap because he just failed too many drug tests. And I'm sitting here just like, and if this is all all before going to the league, somehow he gets and then he gets drafted in a supplemental draft, goes to the goes to the Browns, suspension after suspension after suspension after suspension after suspension. Literally could not stop smoking weed. I remember one time seeing in an interview that this dude made like was making ten thousand a month selling weed at, at in college. I'm like, what? That's a lot of money to be to make selling 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 weed and i don't know it's 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 just a it's a great it's a crazy situation because he's gotten chance after chance after chance to to get right and he still hasn't done it and it's just i mean and I, i'm i'm going to be honest with you guys i don't think that people should be victimized and criminalized for smoking weed but if that's the rules if that's the rules and the way of the land and the and 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 what it takes for you to make that type of money, why is it so hard for you just to put it down? And honestly, he's gotten chance after chance after chance. Like I, I don't know if he even like I, I'm I'm I, I believe in second chances, but six chances, like, damn, come on, Josh. And I really I really fuck with Josh Gordon too, but it's like the league isn't really doing him any like Based on based on what I see now, like I, I feel like okay, he's gonna play like two, three games, and then probably gonna get suspended again. To be honest, to keep it one hundred, and I don't, I'm not one to put put like I'm not, I don't, I don't believe in like putting out bad energy or anything like that. But just based on the trends and what we've seen, this isn't gonna, this, this is gonna be like a, this isn't, this isn't something that that me, this, I'm not saying something that's far fetched or out of the norm. But hey, we'll see how that works out, but. He's gonna he, he's gonna be eligible to play week sixteen and week seventeen for the Seahawks, and we'll see what that does to their offense and how that how that works out. But um, 
congratulations to him for getting reinstated again. It's crazy, though, because Justin Blackman was never reinstated from the NFL. But, I mean, hey, it is what it is. And I'm, I'm honestly surprised that he was even reinstated again. I'm like, what the fuck are they thinking in that office? And to my last topic, I'm going to talk about Adam Gase, who literally is probably the one, the one of the worst, worst coaches in NFL history. So on Wednesday, he threw Sam Darnold under the bus. And then the next day, he completely... The next day, he completely um, double-backed on all of that and had a different approach. I'm not sure what happened, but I think people in the organization were like, yo, you're 0-11, and you can't defend your quarterback who who goes on various platforms and defends you after every single game. Like, yo, get, fix that. So... The next day he comes out and he's saying all the right things and accepts all the blame and all the responsibility for how bad Sam Darnold is playing. And let me be honest with you. I don't think he deserves all the blame, but he deserves some of the majority, not majority of it, a good amount. Every Monday, every Wednesday, every Thursday leading up to games, Sam Darnold defends him, says he trusts him, trusts the coaching staff. Trust, trust their game plan, trusts their judgment, and everything. Like Sam, you'll never you you can't you can't pull up you can't pull up tape of Sam Darnold speaking bad about Adam Gase, even though he deserves to, because he's fucking incompetent as a head coach in the NFL. He might be a nice guy, but as a head coach in the NFL, he's not it. But but he decides to bash Sam Darnold. I'm like, look, look. Regardless of how bad Sam Darnold is. When you suck as much as you suck, you don't get to you don't get to throw your players under the bus. And in football, coaching matters. You don't get to throw your players under the bus. You fucking suck as a head coach. It's you and then and then he 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 decides to okay, it's let me take some of the blame. I'm like, bro, let me let me let me, let me put it on me. It should have been on you from the jump. Like when I feel like when a in a certain situation when a quarterback fails. And, like, if, if the offense ranks, not just him, the entire offense ranks dead last in, like, every single statistic, statistical category since you became the head coach, I think that might be on you. I think. Your game plan is trash. You don't, you like, you don't call good plays. The team from top to bottom is just garbage. Like, they rank, oh, my God. Adam Gase needs to be fired, let go. Like, I don't, like, it, it's it's shocking to me that he's still a head coach and like how, this dude's zero and eleven. I, obviously, they're, obviously they're gonna fire. They have to fire him at the end of the season. It just makes no sense for him to continue to keep that job. But at the end of the day, like I, I understand Sam Darnold has played bad since he's the lowest rated passer in the league as of right now. He went four straight games without throwing a touchdown pass. That hasn't happened to the Jets since twenty thirteen. Geno Smith. That was seven years ago. In the seven games he has played, he's averaged 177 yards a game and thrown three touchdowns and eight interceptions, which is fucking terrible. But that doesn't all fall on him. I honestly don't feel like that all falls on him. The offensive line is terrible. There's They have no good receivers. They're running. Frank Gore is their running back. And he's like four, he's like almost 40. Come on now. I don't even think, honestly... Sam Darnold hasn't proven to be that guy, but 
I know he's de- like I I can't I can't honestly blame all like honestly what I see right now with Sam Darnold is what happened to Jared Goff his rookie season when he was with toxic ass Jeff Fisher the quarterback killer. We'll see how this all shakes up. I'm a really big fan of Sam Darnold because I'm an SC fan. You know I I, I watched him a lot when he was in college. I watched him like every I actually watched him every single week and even watched him in person when he when they came and played ASU in in Tempe, but. I'm not going to put all this on Sam Darnold, honestly. I'm not going to put all this on Sam Darnold. I have to see Sam Darnold do the exact same thing with another coaching staff for me to then be able to call him trash. Until then, Adam Gase, you suck. You're like the one of the worst. <clears throat> Adam Gase is the biggest turd to ever hit New York. He's is terrible. Bad, awful, sucks at, at being an NFL head coach. And with that, I'm calling it a wrap. This is the end of episode 43. My name is Michael Delu. I want to thank you guys for listening to Pull Up the Tape, supporting me, rocking with me. With that being said, like, comment, subscribe if you're listening to this on YouTube. If you're if you're watch if you're listening to this on Spotify, SoundCloud, or Apple Podcasts, share this podcast with anybody you know that loves sports. Thank you very much. Viral movie, shake the room. Rest in peace, Pop Smoke. Rest in peace, Nip. Rest in peace, Grandma. Rest in peace, Kobe. Rest in peace to everybody we've lost this year. I, I continuously do this for you guys to make you guys proud. And that's it.